Maybe it's been the isolation of this past year, watching the events of the world's happening around us and having this feeling of not being able to do much. It has an effect. You witness the protests following George Floyd's death, and now maybe you're waiting to see what will happen after the trial. You witness the, the January insurrection and the breaching of the Capitol, the marginalization of transgender youth, the increasing effects of global climate change, the, the buildup of military forces near Taiwan. All these things that I just don't feel like I can do much about. Mostly, and particularly this last year, I just do my best to try to complete the tasks that I have to do each week. And I hope that God can handle all that stuff that I can't. About that time, while the number of disciples continued to increase, a complaint arose. Greek-speaking disciples accused the Aramaic-speaking disciples because their widows were being overlooked in the daily food service. The Twelve called a meeting of all the disciples and said, It isn't right for us to set aside proclamation of God's word in order to serve tables. Brothers and sisters, carefully choose seven well-respected people from among you. They must be well-respected and endowed by the Spirit with exceptional wisdom. We will put them in charge of this concern. As for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the service of proclaiming the word. This proposal pleased the entire community. They selected Stephen, a man endowed by the Holy Spirit with exceptional faith. Philip, Prochorus, Nakpanner, Timon, Paminus, and Nicholas from Antioch. The community presented these seven to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. God's word continued to grow. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased significantly. Now this story is from that first year after Jesus' death and resurrection. And the number of Jesus' followers it's, is increasing. Something was calling people to become part of this new religious movement. Something was calling people away from the traditions of their families of origin. Now, from what we know of this first year, people were continuing to become part of the early church community because following Jesus' teaching, that community was committed to being sure that everyone was fed. Everyone was provided with enough. So truthfully, it, it wasn't that people in that first year were having you know, these, these visions of God's angels or because they were hearing brilliant religious insights and sermons. No, people were called because the church community was doing something very practical. They made sure that no matter who you were or where you came from, you had a community of people at your back. That everyone who became part of this community had enough food to eat and a safe place to live. 
Stephen was one of those early Christians. The early church community gave him and people like him a chance when no one else would. So he was given a responsibility to help the community work out a disagreement about how food would be shared fairly. Very glamorous work, I'm sure. You start as an apprentice. You were selected to do a job, not to change the world, just try to complete the tasks that you've been called to do, and then you hope that God handles all the rest of the stuff that you can't. And sure, you, you see all of the injustice around you, right? This is the year after Jesus was killed unjustly. The year after Rihanna Taylor was killed unjustly. You take all that stuff and all that stuff that you just don't feel like you can do much about and you put it in a box for God to handle. We pray for justice and hope that God will do something to make all of this work out because there is just so much that feels beyond your ability to do anything about. Stephen wasn't solving the world's problems in his day, the concentration of wealth in the pockets of the elite, the brutality about anyone who spoke out against the government, about the ethnic strife in his world. Stephen was serving tables at a church shelter. He was helping the people who were living there work out their disagreements. This work that he was doing was just his apprenticeship. There's more to living in Jesus' way, but this was his religious apprenticeship. There's nothing wrong with acts of kindness and charity, working in shelters, helping seniors, providing food for those in need. That's all good. But do you need religion for this, really? Because you don't need God for that. You don't need God to be a nice person. Social service agencies backed by government grants, they can feed and house far more people than our church community can alone. At this level, God can be a distant idea, a distant entity that we put all of those things that we don't feel like we can do much about into a box and we pray for God to handle it. This is religious apprenticeship. It's important. It, it teaches you the dance because the job itself is rooted in moral values. Now, religion at this level doesn't personally compel you to actively do anything beyond the focus of the work in front of you. Religion at this level can become insular. It can become more concerned with the comfort and the provision of the community itself, its members. Apprentice-level religion is about 
more about meeting the needs of people in your community than about transforming the world. And there's nothing wrong with being an apprentice. But there is more. Stephen's religion grew. He began to realize that God's spirit is not some distant idea or entity. He began to realize that God's spirit was in Jesus. And that spirit gave Jesus the power and the purpose to show a better way of living in this world. Yes, that is a way that ensures that everyone is fed and has enough. But more, it's also a way to grow. The religion of Jesus recognizes that God's Holy Spirit is in everyone. No matter what they believe or what nation they were born into, that everyone is holy and sacred. The ones that we like and the ones that we don't. And Stephen came to realize that the same spirit that was in Jesus that spirit that gave Jesus the power to do what seemed impossible, Stephen came to realize that that same spirit was within him. And once he realized that spiritual power within him, he grew beyond his apprenticeship. He grew beyond ego. Stephen was emboldened to speak out against the powers and the principalities that attempt to keep people down. He spoke up for people who had been crushed by slavery. He spoke up that religion shouldn't divide people. Religion shouldn't condemn. And when he did, the council was enraged and they began to grind their teeth at Stephen. But Stephen, enabled by the Holy Spirit, stared into the heaven and saw God's majesty and Jesus standing at God's right side. He exclaimed, look, I can see heaven on display and the human one standing at God's right side. At this, they shrieked and covered their ears. Together, they charged at him, threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses placed their coats in the care of a young man named Saul. As they battered him with stones, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, accept my life. Falling to his knees, he shouted, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Then he died. Stephen's religion matured. And he found a power and a purpose that was greater than his own life. He discovered the truth that God's Spirit works through us. And that truth made him bold. Bold enough to speak up to change this broken world. To be the change that he wanted to see in the world. Mature religion in Jesus' way calls you beyond the limits of what you thought you were capable of. Mature religion sets aside ego and fills you with incredible spiritual power. Power to actually address the big stuff 
that's going on with this world. Mature religion compels you to use the days that you have, these gift of these days, with power and purpose. Sadly, what passes as religion today often has too much in common with the condemnation and the hate that was in the people that stoned Stephen. Even more sadly, the word church is associated with all that. We've seen it in these past years and hate against GLBTQ people. Back during Holy Week, we had horrible things that were written on this church community's Facebook page because we identify as open and affirming. We've seen that hate in what calls itself white Christian nationalism. That is not the religion of Jesus. And it may seem to have power because it, it can hurt and kill. But even as it did its worst against Stephen's body, a young man named Saul was present. And Saul witnessed mature religion. Saul, who would later become the Apostle Paul, witnessed the power and the purpose of one who had been empowered to speak out the truth in love. I'd like to introduce you to a brother of mine. Thu has experienced the power of what passes as religion to marginalize and hurt people. Thu has been hurt by what claims to be church. But by the grace of God's Holy Spirit, Thu also encountered people, a church community, that was willing to speak up for people who had been crushed. Thu Elliott has written a hymn. And as you hear it today, listen to it. I think that you will hear the mature religion of Jesus proclaimed. I wrote a hymn over 20 years ago called Spirit, I Have Heard You Calling. And it gets a lot of traction this time of year. It's sung around the country. And it's a anthem both for pride and for Pentecost. And my goal in writing it was to locate a source of divinity within my own experience and in my own desire to name my desires as a gay person, as holy, and my experience as holy, and to, for that to be a source of divinity. And in doing that exercise, also to remind myself that every day, in every person I see, their experience and their story is a source of holiness. So I share it with you today um, in the hope that there might be some meaning for you in it. Spirit, I have heard you calling my hymn from 1998. Crying from creation 
creation's moment Seeking voice from deep within I have heard you in my longing I have heard you in my pain Now I feel you moving in me Feel you burning like a Creation's name 